0: And I'll ask our first lady to get ready and maybe we'll do a countdown from 10. So we'll go 10, 9, nine eight, 8, 7, seven six, 6, 5, 4, four three, 3, 2, 1.
1: Some fucking
0: game. It's the whole fucking show where Kevin and for you and I. the year was 2008. We got through WrestleMania, and here we are at Backlash. Don't you miss Backlash a little bit, Vleeties? You'd have... Oh, Rus- we- Go ahead.
1: Uh, I thought that was a real. I thought you were coming to me already, because I'm so excited. Backlash is the 10th ever. Why did we stop giving this one a number? Why did we not do the silver anniversary of Backlash?
0: I definitely think we need Backlash with two X's on it this year. We missed out in 2018, but in 2008 we were spoiled. What an event, ladies! First of all, it's 2008, and how do we have Warren Zevon as our theme song for the event? Who could forget, ladies, the hit, the best song of 1978? <laughs> Oh, and then we had Kid Rock, a Hall of Famer, take a stab at it. Now, Kid Rock's version wasn't nearly as memorable or legendary, but we got to hear it 500,000 times, didn't we? Between every match. Valetius, I think during matches, they were playing the song.
1: The song, it was everywhere. And yeah, I was even wondering, I have this album, this Kid Rock album. I love Kid Rock. One of my favorites. It didn't like his most recent album. And this was like the least wrestling song on the whole album where it's like every WrestleMania has a back. It was like a blood and guts trailer almost. And then it's, Din, dun, dun. they might've had Maria. They should've just did Maria's song. There she goes again. Oh,
0: I love that one, please. It needs a little more bass, but still this one's just right. And you call it a Kid Rock album. I didn't know Excitable Boy was by Kid Rock. Oh, oh. Kid Rock can't even hit that note. Put, put this fuck and in the, the Hall, Hall of Fame. Rules. Ladies, put, give him a Connors cure wing or whatever. He died of a disease. Doesn't that mean Warren Zevon gets in too if he's dead? I think if he's dead
1: already, you, he might get a posthumous entry. However, his contributions to the wrestling business were great until he murdered his family. So there's no way he's ever
0: getting near that Hall of Fame. Ladies, we begin with Mike, Adamly and Taz. What a great way to begin. <laughs> backlash 2008. And I'm pretty sure Adam called it Blacklash. And I'll take that. Blacklash, Backlash. They both mean the same thing to me anyway. So it's interchangeable, but it's always good to see Taz regardless of how many Zs are on his name and then we see mick foley and michael cole it's a tour de force of commentary teams ladies who's better mick foley and michael cole or mike adamley and taz i'm gonna
1: have to go with cole and foley uh coley if you will i did enjoy the awkward references that mick kept making to i how am i gonna fill the coach's shoes how am i gonna do this the coach we're gonna, we're all gonna miss the coach uh that was a little i don't know if that was a rib uh but i definitely enjoyed yeah blacklash uh, 2008. I love the intro. I can't believe every every 2008 pay-per-view that we watch. Mike Adamly is a major player, so it's weird that he goes from interviewing guys now he's at the desk actually trying to commentate matches, and we see that he actually kind of does all right. I, I he didn't take me out. Of the ECW title match on this show,
0: Mick Foley was taking me out of everything because he wasn't being Mick Foley. It's like he got hired as an announcer and never worked there before. At least put on a Santa suit, be the guy we saw before. He do it as mankind. I don't care. Cut a promo, but he's out there <laughs> doing this announcer voice. And now he's—I can't do it, Valides. It's not even a match striker voice because it's not analysis enough. It's well, you a-
1: know, when I <laughs> fell off the cell, it was like a million thumbtacks. All in
0: a giant bag. I wish Vladies. It was more sports caster than sports analyst. It's like he's off the cell. Like it's he would just call out action with an indoor action voice, almost like Zach Ryder in the Z Long Island Story delivery. I think that's what that was called, Vladies.
1: It was, yeah, the the Z. Truly, yeah, you were right. He did, he did have a little bit of that. Can everyone hear me? I am calling this. Ma- oh, there's an arm drag. That is a Fujiwara arm bar, like kind of a whisper,
0: but a yell. And the one time Mick Foley tries to put a little Mick Foley personality in, he opens with a joke. And Mick Fo- like, my, I don't know if it was Michael Cole's face or he left a break for a laugh and the crowd can't hear him. But Mick Foley goes, if you listen closely, it's the sound of all these people realizing I'm not the coach. Except he did it with half the syllables and sat there just as long. It was a long silence after. I, that might have been Kevin Dunn inspired. He likes to make people stand there in silence, doesn't he?
1: He loves the dramatic. Well, they got we got to fill time, pal. But no, I en- I enjoyed your impression of it. That made me laugh when you said it. Like, yeah, I'm hit. Where's the coach? And uh, yeah, Mick was a little awkward on this. He's done commentary before where I've thought it was okay. This might have just been a super no. last minute. We need somebody. Call him up. See if he's ready. See if he's available. And they literally sat him down. And Mick is the the most vocal about not liking having somebody yelling in his ear. So maybe the awkward jokes. Maybe there is a damn pause, Mick. Damn
0: it. Pause, he needed someone yelling in his, his other ear too. Or maybe that one's the one. That's the one that's ripped off. I don't know. But yes, he needs someone producing him because he's an idiot. He's the dummy from the Mick Foley jumps off his house video when he was a teenager all of a sudden. He doesn't know who he is anymore. He can't be the character. He's trying to he be almost, Michael yeah, Cole. He almost
1: forgot he was a wrestling legend, and he's just a guy.
0: He wants to have the coal mine out there. What year was that, ladies? Don't t- don't spoil it. We'll watch that year soon. We'll talk about the coal mine when we watch 2019. All it right, def- so Bleedies, our first match of the night has the star of 2008. No, not Ric Flair. Isn't it weird not having a Ric Flair retirement match? But actually, Bleedies, Matt Hardy, the guy who returned at WrestleMania during the fucking Mitbe match, and you heard that crowd. A stadium exploded. They always say stadiums can't get that loud without a roof on it. Matt Hardy proved that wrong when he returned for the during the ECW whatever. It was the Mitbe match. But he attacked MVP! And now we get him versus his MVP. First of all, ladies, are you an MVP believer? Have you even watched his entrance yet, or are you trying to do a Hulu Backlash 2008? Are you doing your own fast-forwarding? Because you're missing out on MVP if you are. Now, this was me. I had to watch this with a
1: very active baby. So there was no remote in my hand. So I was sitting there and I took all of this pay-per-view and I know all the moves. I watched this whole thing. And I can say out of all the 2008 that I've watched so far, this was my favorite MVP match, my favorite MVP moment. So... Uh, I I've been very critical of him and that he wrestles in slow motion, but maybe the problem was, is he was waiting for Matt Hardy. He just knew that since he injured Matt Hardy all those months ago, his career was on pause. Until Matthew came back.
0: Matt Hardy woke him up. It's Woken MVP. And he lost his U.S. title against Maxwell's dad. Matt Hardy won the belt. The place erupted. You would have thought a championship scramble just ended with Matt Hardy in it. Which would happen later at Unforgiven with the crowd erupting the same way because Matt Hardy won that. So Matt Hardy through all of 2008 is everything I thought Jeff Hardy was. And I don't remember one second of this match. I just know Matt Hardy won it ladies. I remember, I remember liking it. I liked the back and forth. I liked the side effect. I like moves that were happening.
1: I like Matt kind of going uh, kind of, you know, putting himself at risk and MVP working the leg. It was just a good. Back and forth opening match. Kind of the way I like my pay-per-views to open. I like Matt Hardy MVPs, so that's why when Finley and JBL opened Mania, I was a little perplexed. So this match was really good, and I I like that Matt Hardy got his win. Uh, As I've said before, SmackDown is a babyface territory, so it was good to have Matt back on top.
0: Oh, yeah! Can I do the song? Do I sound like him? You know, Matt Is he Hardy. doing his own song. I've always wanted my whole life. Is that Matt Hardy? That was in the WWF trivia game. Matt Hardy sung his own song. Yeah. Oh, yeah! bring it back and i've been calling matt hardy version one matt hardy version two for the last five years i don't even know the gimmick when does that happen don't tell me Vladi's. we'll cover it when we get to that year right now we're in 2008 don't confuse me because chavo's coming out versus Kane, and holy shit Vladi's. I, for- I don't remember one thing of matt hardy versus mvp i'll never forget when chavo did a frog splash on the cane and Kane <laughs> just took it and caught him by the neck <laughs> laying there and got up how awesome was that a frog splash no, he didn't. Uh, who did Eddie give a frog splash to and break his own arm? When was that? Remember when the Radicals debuted? That was the Radicals debut. I don't know if it was to
1: X-Pac or it was one of the DX guys. because it it, the. Though. It's going to be DX versus the Radicals.
0: And then, of course, they had to bury the Radicals on their way in. Are these guys dangerous, pal? Jesus. Pronouns, pal. <laughs> but Vlity's Chavo versus Kane. He did great. He did great. They were both awesome. And that frog splash into the chokeslam spot of the night and i believe kane might be the best ecw champion of all time yeah i enjoyed this
1: match and it was interesting because i I forgot this happened i remember kane and chavo had the eight second squash at mania and then going into this i thought this was like oh wow they're doing a rematch i don't remember this i thought i know kane moves on to mark henry eventually so watching this i was really confused i didn't know where it was going but i liked it i think chavo is underrated now. Like, you know, here we are 10 years later. I'm like, why wasn't Chavo ever the world heavyweight WWE champion? Uh, I liked him in this role. I liked him in the spot. I like Bam Neely. What a strange looking big man. but uh, could have done more with him. And then, I, yeah, I liked uh, I liked this. I like to squash the frog splash. And, yeah, it was just a good way to get uh, – <laughs> it was a good way to get Ch- uh, Kane kind of another – Easy win on his path to being the greatest ECW champion ever, like you said.
0: How awkward was Adam Lee during this one? Just him saying Bam Neely was kind of weird. I feel like he got that one wrong a couple of times. Taz was like turning into the play caller as he was thrown in color, as Adam Lee was trying to throw in color in the middle. I really enjoy Taz as a commentator, because when you hear his, well, we haven't heard his show in years, but when you hear his show circa 2016, and you <laughs> hear him talk about that change in career and how he, how serious he took it, he realized he was a little chocolate midget in a, a big man business. He had no chance. He almost killed Kurt Angle on his debut. He was cursed. So we f- somehow this dummy from Brooklyn, the dumbest sounding guy you ever heard, becomes one of my favorite commentators. And I know, Validius, we all hated him at the time. Is there a better example that, than Taz of everything in wrestling will be great if you let time pass?
1: Yeah, well, and with his commentary in this year, I remember loving Taz's commentary 0-4, 5 6 <laughs> And I think when they paired him up with Adam Lee, when they paired him up with Joey Styles, uh, when they paired him up with Tanae, it was just a little... It just changed for Taz a little bit. Ladies, so. how
0: did they not have a podcast, Tanae and Taz? They both had one on the same network, it, but they should have been together. The voices of wrestling. wrestle, that's what we'll call it. What do you think? They should have... T- yeah, I, I
1: like the idea of them doing it together. I know when they did a... The fantasy draft, as they like to call it, they would name their top ten whatevers. Um, oh, I thought yeah. that was a, a. I mean, it made no sense to call it a fantasy draft, other than hey, what's popular right now? I would call it a fantasy draft, Jones, and uh, <laughs> we'll look, uh, go ahead and do the do the gimmick right here. So the gimmick for him yeah. So I, you know, I like Taz's podcast, and yeah, I like I never listened to Tane's, but I liked when Tane was on Taz's. So yeah, the voices of wrestling. Uh, what, what was that move that the, the Fu onto the rack or whatever, the backbreaker onto the rack?
0: I know um, when, uh, if Taz was calling it, he would have thrown yambag in there. But that was a Michael. Ooh, right, the yambag. A Mike Tenay classic when he called the backbaker onto the ref turned into a DDT. When I'm pretty sure it was a lariat. But, bleedies, <laughs> this pay-per-view continues with Randy Orton wandering the backstage area with Todd Grisham. Super gelled up Todd Grisham. Pre-Sports Center Todd Grisham. And then after they do whatever they do, they're talking about the main event. The fatal four-way main event, which we will discuss, bleedies when we get to that. But we cut back to the commentary team of uh, Michael Cole and Mick Foley looking like Vince was just screaming at him about Dewey Foley in his ear. Call him Dewey Foley fat. <laughs> like Mick Foley literally has tears in his eyes. So- his eyes are red. He de- What's he so mad about? Like, did, do, really, did Mick Foley ever say specifically which events or moments he was yelled at? Or it, did, was this the only pay-per-view he called? Can we narrow it down? Because I swear it was during Randy Orton talking to Todd Grisham that Mick Foley's heart got crushed. I, I can't wait for the next month. I, I think when we go to Judgment
1: Day, we're going to find out if he's there because I don't remember how long he hung around as a SmackDown announcer. So uh, it, it is, I don't know what the, they had, what the specifics were because he's in TNA in 2009. I know that. So him and Taz, both, they buddy up and go together. They're like, we're done doing color commentary for this. We're out of here. So they both went. So I, I, I don't remember if he is calling future things. But, yeah, he definitely was a little awkward during this entire Big Show
0: e moment. You teased Mark Henry versus uh, Kane, and that's a battle of the monsters, but not quite on this level. Big Show and Great Kali. And I love just watching the crowd during these damn things. And one old lady loved Big Show. One little kid hated Kali, but I was watching the lady who loved Big Show because it was just fat as fuck, Conrad Thompson-looking motherfucker sitting next to her, hating her, like kind of looking at her every time she'd clap, and every time Big Show landed something, she'd clap. So I was more focused on the story of the old lady in row H more than this match. Also, ladies, Jimmy Corderas is the referee, and you never told me he got fat before. He's the third monster in there. It's,
1: Jimmy Cordero is a is a phenomenal man and a great referee from Canada, a, and this match was very very. I, I, for some reason, the crowd really took me out of it. it. The commentary did its best to take me out of it. I had to be told what, that a nerve
0: hold, well, you will lose the entire feeling in your right arm. It might as well I have been I love that. Spaticer. No, Vladis, because you can't do a punch or a choke slam after that nerve hold. And the way he sold the arm, Vladis, you got to understand wh- this is fake. His arm isn't really getting hurt. But when Mick Foley. Tells us what the nerve hole does and what moves he can't do now because of it. All of a sudden, that fake move becomes real, especially when Big Show screaming like he was. I was studying <laughs> Big Show's selling and he's fucking good. Well,
1: Big Show did his best to carry this fucking match. I mean, he just came off his Floyd Mayweather like celebrity spot that they did. And he's you know, this is his return win. He wants to look good. All the eyes are on Big Show. Hey, this guy working Floyd, Maywe- Floyd Mayweather last month. So he's working his ass off. Kali is doing whatever he can do. And I don't know, the crowd just not being into it made me not super into it either. Like, I really wish that there was a little bit more. Like, if we were there and we were yelling at both guys, calling them things, it would have been a great match. But since the crowd was kind of sitting on their hands, they were waiting for John Cena and Jimmy Wang Yang. They didn't give a shit about uh, the great Kali and Big Show. And I guess it was kind of
0: predictable that Big Show would win. I think there was more that ladies in the crowd than us is. Meaning these are dumb people who are clapping for Big Show slamming Khali. And I think it was mostly that. And you say they weren't into it. I don't know of ladies. And if they weren't, like, when I watch a match like that, when you know the crowd's going to hate it and you even hate it a little, then you just have to start studying Big Show because it's always a Big Show match. So study Big Show and how he handles it. No one's been in that situation more than him. And, God, he's fucking good. He sells even harder when no one cares. He'll scream. You can see his cavities and shit because it's our first. It's the HD era of ladies. You wouldn't understand. Yeah, Uh, but it was—I liked this match too much. The chokeslam finish. First of all, the nerve hole didn't work because he hit the choke slam. He did it. Yeah, it worked. And the way Great Kylie's legs went up in the air and they stayed up. He seemed like an athlete for that brief moment because (laughs) the Big Show picked him up and threw him down. And he hooked the one leg, the closer leg. I love a unique pin or an odd pin. Because when I used to pin Bobby Taylor of ladies in Plymouth, Massachusetts, 1995, and then dance like Shawn Michaels, One time I was dancing like Shawn Michaels because I did a move to Bobby Taylor and I was dancing at Sarah's window because I had a crush on her. That was my Shawn Michaels dance. And Bobby Taylor rolled me up and beat me. OK, so we had some unique pins back then. And I you got to keep your eyes on your opponent, my man. What is this? Yeah, he was kind of like Diesel, but he would give me the Pearl River, River Plunge more than the jackknife. We also like Diamond Johnson. So, ladies, there was also this was before Goldust was kicking people in the balls, luckily. Oh, thank God. We would have been doing that. Uh, what's that called? The Shining Wizard. Ladies, what's it called when Goldust kicked you in the balls? Uh, it's called the. Is it called the Shattered Dreams? Thank you, God. We would have been doing Shattered Dream Productions every Saturday. Would have been best Saturday in Plymouth in 1995. What were we talking about? The Great Khali versus Big Show, four and three quarter stars. What a choke slam, ladies! And I like that we protected the the man who got buried by Floyd Mayweather a month earlier. Our real monster, our real giant, the Right Man won.
1: <laughs> well, it was it was a fine. I don't know it, the match itself. I, it was Big Show's match. He did a great job. It's just the crowd was so flat that it made me flat. Like, they didn't care. Come I didn't on. care. Mick Foley didn't care. And I don't know. If I watched this on mute and just played really loud, if I played the Rock Hogan crowd, during this match i think it would have been
0: great it was great and You're gonna watch it with me when we're done here now you have all, you're, what's that <laughs> called Your detention believe it's with me watching big show That's matches again. this is like that time i made you watch the sheamus big show match after we were done because i didn't like what you were saying about it remember when sheamus's legs got up in the air love big show matches Ladies, that was a good match him and sheamus i'll give that one when we cover wwe 2020 can't wait to watch that how good of a color commentator is big show gonna be God, he's so charismatic. And that's what we needed. Mick Foley needs to talk like him, an idiot. Like, when Vince gets these former wrestlers to sit in that chair, they're supposed to be dumb. Foley, Taz, JBL's the exception. Booker, you're dumb. Go out there and be your stupid character. But, Vladis, Michael Cole's there to be smart. Then we go backstage. We see Jimmy Wang Yang. Remember this guy? I remember Jimmy Yang Wang. And I kind of didn't know he was around in
1: 2008. SmackDown went through an era of... These gimmick guys, like a Jimmy Wang Yang, a Paul Burchill being a pirate, Vito wearing a dress. There was just gimmicky matches with with a guy that we all kind of got behind. I know that I'm gonna there's gonna be a hundred people that go Vito in a dress. They buried him. I really liked Vito in the dress. I like Jimmy Wang Yang. I was a huge fan of Burchill. Anyone with a little gimmick that made me laugh, but put on a decent match for six minutes was great. So yeah, it was cool to see my man Jimmy Wang Yang a Keo. Well, he used to be in Tajiri's
0: corner. Well, he was talking country with John Cena. And they were making a mixtape, and then Randy Orton interrupted to be mean to John Cena. And then we get cut back to the ring, Velites, where Raven. Real Simone... quick, isn't that just the worst though? Like, all, like we go earlier. Like Randy Orton's getting
1: ready for this match. He, he goes to everyone else, and they're all getting ready for this match. And Cena's talking to Jimmy Wing Yang about Merle Haggard and George Jones. Like, we get it. You know music, and you're everyone's favorite. No, it really annoyed me that Cena was like trying to bond with Jimmy Wang Yang over country. Sorry,
0: it wasn't a Fozzy segment, Vleetis. Yeah, George jones needs some fucking screen time too should be the george jones battle royal not the fabulous moolah when they got rid of her name put george jones on that guy's a legend he did a song with elvis costello called stranger in the house of course elvis wrote it because he george jones doesn't write his own songs every country idiot just covers everything but george jones is the greatest voice in the history of music ladies. and i don't need to hear your opinion on jimmy wang yang's awesome playlist oh, ladies it's kind of like the cosmic playlist from guardians only i it's the jimmy wang yang playlist and it's on my lgv 20
1: no we're definitely if we're renaming the battle royal it's the janice joplin battle royal because she's <laughs> from texas even though there's not a country music uh background with her she's still from texas that one works and I yeah, listen, listen. I'm from Texas now. I know country music. What the fuck does Cena know from West Newberry? You guys got a lot of rodeos up there in West Newberry. Well, that's
0: why Jimmy Wang Yang's schooling them. And also, ladies, schooling I don't like this rock and wrestling shit. I want some country and wrestling. So George Jones, only him. And I know Hank won. Don't talk to me about his offspring. But ladies, uh, we go back to the ring where Raven Simone announces that we have an attendance record of 74,635 we did it two months in a row ladies who imagine a backlash could be one of the big seven <laughs> backlash
1: should still be around like these pay-per-views were around for a very long time so I don't know when the initiative came in that was like they had all this history and I know that's stupid but it's we have all this history Let's just keep things the way they are. That way people can get ready for, you know, Hey, this happened in backlash history. Remember Shane jumped on the big show and test was like holding big show down. That was at a backlash. So, Things have happened at backlashes, so I don't know why we had to reset the calendar and put Extreme Rules after WrestleMania and ruin our perfect uh, WrestleMania follow-up. Every WrestleMania has a backlash.
0: Oh, we need to have we need the Backlash Battle Royal. Fuck that name, shit. Just name it after the pay-per-view we should have never lost. Remember the swinging blades? Just swing that above the Battle Royal the whole time. Huge blades. How did they not make that more into the set? They would kind of have the like lighting mounts into blades. But they weren't blady enough, ladies.
1: Wait till we watch uh backlash 02. Oh,
0: I can't wait. Don't spoil what year that is. I can't wait. Oh, don't wait. Till, right now we're gonna focus on 08. By the way, you know ble- what? Let's no, let's not even do 08s anymore. Let's just do backlashes. We'll start <laughs> at 98, watch every backlash. Uh, but I think Stone Cold's in most of them. By the way, ladies, Raven Simone wasn't at this. That was a joke. She was at WrestleMania. And this next part, you would also imagine would be at WrestleMania. Batista versus Shawn Michaels. Oh, I only know about this because, of course, even though I was took a decade off from wrestling, I Googled Shawn Michaels every now and then. You have to keep up. And when Shawn Michaels faces Batista, you're going to hear about it, whether you're following it or not. And Chris Jericho is your special guest referee phenomenal match, phenomenal story. I'll let you decide where we begin with it, ladies. You're right. This is, this
1: is a, uh, this is a six. If this match was in the Tokyo Dome, Meltzer would have given it six stars. This was phenomenal. I really enjoyed this whole thing. I, the story was everywhere. And this match made me realize Batista might be in my top five ever. I, I remember really liking Batista, but the way he just works in this match, like, and, and I mean, work, facial expressions, movement, selling, He's fighting a much smaller Shawn Michaels, but it's still very, very believable. Batista and Shawn Michaels and Jericho. Like, what a perfect little trifecta. And I miss wrestling so much. I I missed 08 as soon as all this was in the ring.
0: And this was the beginnings of... The storyline that took us through Unforgiven, which is how all this started for you and I, Unforgiven 08, Jericho versus HBK, and it continues after that. We all know about that. I can't wait to watch the latter match with you, Vladis, but please, we'll talk about that when we get to 2012. Uh, but Valides, this match, I love the buildup. I like how it, so it bleeds into later in the year. But it starts with the Ric Flair HBK stuff at the beginning. It's basically a year long storyline involving HBK and Jericho. And Batista's upset, ladies, because he thinks HBK made the wrong decision. And he said he'll never trust Shawn Michaels again just because <laughs> he beat Ric Flair in a wrestling match. Greatest goddamn storyline ever. Then the setup is brilliant. Jericho talks shit to HBK, gets kicked. Talks shit to Batista, gets powerbombed. So we got Batista not trusting HBK. Jericho getting beat up by both of them. And uh, a strange setup, but you kind of side with Batista in a way. You kind of laugh at his logic, but he's so damn handsome with that goatee. I see Drax here years before he was. And as far as top five all time... I might have to bump off Rey Mysterio if we're going to put this guy on there. But you're right. He's damn close. I'm going to brainstorm this a little bit. And hopefully by our second half of this double header, I'll have a new top five for you. But uh, also during the match, Felides, the Shawn Michaels elbow, Batista might have sold this better than anyone in history. He, he was getting electrocuted out. Put that camera on me when I say he was getting electrocuted out there. <laughs> he was shaking afterwards. What a sell job. Um, unbelievable match, Felides. Uh, and so far, look at, I almost said match of the night, but we have Edge versus Undertaker coming, that fatal four-way main event's coming. Remember the Matt Hardy match? So I'm not going to go crazy, but I can't find a flaw in this whole match.
1: Yeah, this was perfect. Everything worked well. The super kick with the with the hurt yeah. knee, and then it continues to sell it. And it really, you're right, it's just a perfectly told story. It's not this catch catch high-flying Young Bucks match where it's super kick after super kick. There's selling involved. There's, just, It's just – it, it's so well put together. And then, like you said, it leads into Jericho, HBK. So we just – it just seems like they really sat down and wrote out a storyline. And I know that Jericho says me and Sean was supposed to be a one-off. I almost refuse to believe that because it, now it seems like Ric Flair's retirement was leading to the ladder match with Jericho and Sean. So I, I, I'm all I, – I was all about this. And, yeah, you're right. Batista's logic was a little, like – you know, but then I love Sean saying, you wanted to retire, Flair. And it was like, whoa, retire his well, right, like, How <laughs>
0: about when Jericho was like, I bet you even suggested to Vince the retirement stipulation. I mean, I know it's fake, but I love that line. That was right. like when Charlotte said, Bailey was always number four on the four horse women. That cut deep for me. And you like you said, there was no super kick party. Just one. And it's the most... What an important super kick because it's well his knees hurt, quote unquote. Which Jericho, how. I mean, I love him and all. I love hearing him, his philosophy on wrestling, and watching him perform. But when he's trying to sell his suspicion, I'm just laughing at him. I'm not really believing his suspicion. It's like he keeps pointing at his knee, kinda, and yeah. with his mouth dropped. It's like, all right, we get it. You're surprised that he's he's been. And I wish Shawn Michaels sold it less after. Like once he hit the kick, he should have done a backflip off the second rope, like <laughs> like 1996 or seven, excuse me. Um, but. All in all, it was great. So what happens if anyone misses this? Shawn Michaels g- gets Batista bombed, or does he? Nope. He reverses it into landing on his feet, s- pretends he hurt his knee, hits a super kick. Jericho ends up getting very offended by this, fleeties, And I love it. I can't wait for the next pay-per-view. Uh, because Jericho feels deceived as the referee. He believed it. He held Batista off of Shawn Michaels because of the knee. Then this kick happens. He feels manipulated. This is the beginning of the wannabe Jericho, of the evil uh, punching wives Jericho. So I can't wait to see where it goes. And, ladies, we end up backstage with the most bizarre moment of this year, let alone the event. (laughs) So listen to this. Uh, Randy Orton's been wandering, right, fucking with people. He makes his way to Triple H's locker room, and he walks way up to him, like they get face-to-face, because Triple H stands up to get in his face, but Orton's looking to his left. So there, Triple H is staring into the side of his face. Randy Orton is staring to his left, and the camera's really close on him. Very awkward. I'm not sure what they were going for. But, Valdez, how did this make you feel? It was very strange, and I, I,
1: I know that they, uh, when you vote on your AT and T phone, you can vote for who's going to win a backlash. Like I was. I, I, I guess I didn't realize how over Triple H was at this time. So, this this whole bit that they had back here was really uncomfortable. was really awkward. And what happens later, I don't know. It kind of makes this seem like not foreshadowing, but just I forget the quote Triple H used as he was like leaving. But it was just it was it was cringeworthy and uncomfortable. So. um I, I, I kind of forgot that this took place. I'm kind of glad I did. I don't even remember Orton losing, or spoiler alert, but I won't say Whoa, it yet. ladies. Yeah. I don't remember Orton losing this exchange of words with Triple H, because Triple H clearly wins the verbal jousting that happens. But yeah, it was a weird promo, and I'm glad we did it, though. I'm glad we had Orton go talk to John Cena during Jimmy Wang Yang. Triple H was just looking like Triple H, and uh, I could not wait. For him to go talk to JBL. Then we have a 12
0: Diva Tag Match, fleeties. and I could Bunny be- Mania, dude, running wild. All the Santino's exes fighting over him, and I couldn't believe the pop Lillian announced Lillian Garcia got when she announced it when she said the following is a 12 Diva Tag Match. The crowd reacted like Charlotte's undies got pulled down by Carmella during a sunset flip. They were thanking her. Thank you, L- Lillian. Thank you. We deserve it. They loved the fact that this match was coming. Now Santino never came out, so we'll just move right along. And we had Edge versus Undertaker. How good what, is this but song? What, but
1: what did you? Well, but honestly, though, what did you think of the 12 women tag? Because oh, this is the epitome of when they're pushing for we need a, a we a women's revolution. Because when Cherry is in this match, I go, oh my gosh, the women's wrestling was the worst. But then you look and you see. They had Natalia, Victoria, Beth Phoenix, Melina, all on one team. I kind of like we were right. Michelle McCool, Mickey James were so close to like having decent women's wrestling. And there was some good moments in this match. But yeah, I mean, we're right there. I I just just watching it was so upsetting. And Ashley, you're right, was in there and it was terrible. Well, ladies, I
0: liked the highlights of Mickey James beating Beth. Surprisingly, that looked very shocking, the way she got destroyed. And then Beth picked her up for her finisher. this was on a Raw or something. Beth picked her up for her finisher, and Mickey's yelling, no! Then does the Kelly Kelly reversal and wins. By the way, Kelly Kelly's in this match, and who would have thought in four years she'd be the fucking champion? She looks like an idiot. But, uh, ladies, I'm glad you asked me what I thought of this match, because it starts (laughs) with Michelle McCool and Beth Phoenix, and I start to think, what women's revolution? These girls can go! Fuck! And then you get this... Everyone hits their finisher, and then the girls that don't have finishers hit clotheslines thing. was that mad? (laughs) Everyone's doing moves. I loved Kelly Kelly's Xbox buster, but, I mean, it was bad. But, I mean, I don't know what we're crying for as far as a revolution this month. You get 12 women on a pay-per-view. They all got finishers in. Fuck. I have to buy a booster pack to start a match with a finisher. And I like Mickie James being champion, and you named all the people with in-ring credibility. Uh, So, but Vlity's last month, Bunny Mania, that's something else. I mean, but I don't really mind girls getting wet or naked either. So, I mean, Divas has never been a problem for me, I guess, is what I'm realizing, Vlity's. Yeah, well, in this time,
1: yeah, the the divas we didn't know better, man. We wanted to see this kind of stuff. We loved all of Melina's
0: outfits. We were huge fans of that. We liked we we loved Victoria's outfits. Well, ladies, and- think about it. We got our wrestling. We got our Lita, and we decided we like whores better than you. So, I I mean, <laughs> what do you want? This women's revolution isn't isn't. I, I, we're going to talk about evolution after ladies. so I'll say we all... sure are and yeah I
1: I just when I was watching this I watched evolution the next day so it was a little bit of a I, I don't know just watching cherry when I saw her I even had the question like is she a trained in-ring performer because I thought she was just there for deuce and domino because cherry used to just roll around on roller skates which by the way great gimmick we need to bring back deuce and domino throw cherry in their corner Kenny Omega looks like one of those guys we can have him be one of the tech guys now
0: on this day how good is that fucking song i'll see clearly what's the part i like most everything is good dude not this part i just gonna sing till i get to it NSA and he's say in a broken dream oh it's coming up i know it. it's coming up right here a chance to feel it's right after this a chance to feel it's right here alive Love that part, and they had to double track it in the studio. I didn't, ladies. Dude, Alter Bridge rules. Like I, I know that
1: I say, like wrestling, like, the music really shaped my taste. But yeah, R- Royal Rumble '05. When we cover that, uh, "Find the Real" by Alterbridge was the what? song. I remember I, I I found it on Windows Media Player because this was before a time of where you can just find every song that you wanted to hear. Found it on Windows Media Player. Loved it. Downloaded it on LimeWire, loved it. Actually went to, to like Walmart or whatever and bought the actual CD. I loved Alter Bridge and yeah, Metalingus. A great entrance song for Edge. And <laughs> you, he, is every- that how it's
0: pronounced? <laughs> I could have sworn the G was soft. Uh, every time I read, I thought it was like <laughs> meningitis. Every time I read the name of that song, I never said it like that. Please give it to me one more time for the phonics fans out there. Metal
1: <laughs> Metalingus. We've always just called it Metalingus.
0: What chance Breakout everywhere?
1: What? What? Metallica is alive. Sorry, I had to
0: do it one more time.
1: It's a classic song, and <sighs> I, and you're right. It fit Edge perfectly. rated Radar Superstar. What did you think? I know you were sour on their mania match. Oh,
0: this match sucks. Edge and really? Edge and Undertaker can't have good matches together, but they can have damn good finishes. In the words of Mick Foley, ladies, we've seen the grim result of a hold that knows no equal. And i love how <laughs> Mike, they're talking about Undertaker's choke. And that's the actually Hell's Gate before
1: it was called that.
0: Hell's Gate, yeah. That's the perfect. Tell me it gets banned after this. But that Mick Foley quote is the perfect. Example of him being more of an announcer than a Foley. We've seen the grim result of a hold that knows no equal. That's what an, an E-fed writes in a results. That's not what mankind or cactus Jack or Mick Foley should be saying, but then B- edges bleeding from the hell's gate. Uh, I love this uh, finish fleeties. And I, it, it, the tap out, like, like we applauded edges tap out last month. This was another good tap out. <laughs> it was. And he knows how to do it. I, I, I know that you grew up and you think you know me, Edge. You were waiting for
1: Sexton Hardcastle to come out here and fight the Undertaker. I thought this was another great match, and I thought now I'm sitting here now, you know, Edge and Batista are in the top five ever. Like Edge might be one of the best, and I remember specifically on one probably SmackDown, shut your mouth or Here Comes Pain, one of the good two. And yeah, I remember being Edge and being the champion and really running with Edge, loving loving the top rope spear. And I loved this match. I thought it was great. I loved the involvement of Hawkins and Ryder when Edge uh, when Hawkins hit him in the back of the head with the belt. I thought that was awesome. And yeah, and this and the Hell's Gate. I remember at the time thinking it was a weird looking submission, but I loved the way Edge tapped out. It made me think <laughs> this is a real fucking hold, man. <laughs> so I, I applaud Edge once again. I applaud Undertaker. Best best shape he's ever been in ever. And this, I don't know. Like you you mentioned earlier, what's the match of the night? No, it's this not this. Is, I, I think Sean don't. and Batista beats
0: this. Oh, but. No, Match of the Night isn't either one. We're going to get to that next, ladies. Don't worry. There's four people on that. Spoiler. But as far as this match goes, in, in your Hell's Gate that you love so much, I love it too. I love Michael Cole <laughs> acting like we don't know what it does because he's like, we don't know the effects of that hold. It's like, we don't know what a choke hold can do. Like, no <laughs> wonder CM Punk's suing your doctor. What the fuck are you talking about? There's a shin in his neck. Like, I think we can put it together. My favorite part of the whole fucking match was Vicky afterwards. Well, Edge is getting put on the stretcher. She's gone. Oh my God, I love you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, baby, I love you. (laughs) It was great. And
1: it just it's it's just moreover that this storyline with her and Edge is so great, so prevalent. And it just kept it kept the story. I Edge not letting go of the hold. Maybe that's what does eventually lead to it getting banned. But Edge coughing up blood. Oh, and on. yeah, it was just a great. Yeah,
0: all that's great after the match. During yeah. the match, we got. I think he did one of the old schools a couple times. I don't know. It stinks. These guys are boring me. And this was one where I didn't know who was going to win, and I still didn't give a fuck. And maybe it's the placement. I'm because. At WrestleMania, when we watched Edge vs. Undertaker, it's like after four hours of shit, I'm just done watching fake fighting, and now here comes Edge. I mean, but uh, in this event, his entrance had me hyped up. I was singing the song. I couldn't (laughs) wait. Undertaker looks great. And it still fell flat for me. And then, Vladius, we get to see CM Punk with Mitby. Oh, he walks by Orton backstage, who's still wandering, and wishes him good luck. We all know how that ends at Unforgiven. We'll get to that when we watch Unforgiven a second time. That's right, Bleedies. We're going to watch that one again when it comes in the into context. In
1: rotation, yeah.
0: One more viewing. Our main event of the evening at Backlash 2008 was Randy Orton versus Triple H versus JBL versus John Cena. And right off the bat, uh, how great's JBL? But also a line from Jim Ross. This match is a Melody of Mayhem for the WWE Championship. I'd like to hear Lillian Garcia say that next time. The following is a Melody of Mayhem match for the (laughs) WWE Championship. And there's this song they play during the promo video. And I want to go find it. I didn't pluck it in advance like I should have. I swear to God, it's Elias Fleety's 10 years ago. (laughs) But uh, talk to me about this four-way and its elimination, which is good.
1: Yeah, I, I was super... I was nervous because when it, when I read Fatal 4-Way, I was like, oh, shit. Like Kevin's going to hate it. It's going to be a bunch of gibberish. And then Orton's going to punt somebody off and get the pin. But the fact that they made it elimination added a lot of drama to it. And then you see who the final two guys are, and that kind of leaves you with uh, – and then you see Cena getting eliminated when he does. It's like, holy shit. So this match, all in all, was very surprising to me. So it was really good. I don't remember Triple H being this over, though, in 2008. Like, I know that we – We kind of give him grief for all. He's always he's not putting over the younger guys. The crowd loved Triple H in this match. Like when it was down to Orton and Triple H, they were begging for Triple H to win this fucking match. So uh, re re rewatching it, I kind of totally forgot. But you're correct. JBL underappreciated, underutilized. I really wish he would have figured this shit out in, in like '96. Like if JBL didn't come in as Justin Hawk Bradshaw and came in as John Bradshaw Layfield in a big limo.
0: Imagine where we'd be right now. Oh, God, Vladis. You should have won. I loved when Randy Orton went to snag the title at the very beginning from the ref to go use it. And JBL just kicked it in his head. Yeah, JBL is amazing. Something about at the time made me only focus on the fact that he had big tits and and he was kind of fat. Really? Yeah, that's all I could see was big tits on JBL. Now, giant tits. Sorry, oh, Beledys, when that plays, I sing to it. Usually it's I have a giant dick, but when I'm talking about JBL, it's giant tits. <laughs> so, But well, now, looking back, bleedies, he looks like an action figure enough, a JBL action figure. And they're a little, they're a little thick. Like, he doesn't look video game shape, but it's acceptable for JBL to be heavy. Well, yeah, I know because I remember watching this, and
1: yeah, I think even my everyone pointed out to me that JBL was fat, but it's, who gives a shit? He's a he's like a barroom brawler kind of, you know, beat your ass kind of guy. Sorry, he doesn't do sit ups, but he makes sense. He's like six eight, so yeah, he, he beats the shit out of you, and yeah, who cares if he doesn't have a six pack because he he just he's JBL. So I remember a lot of people not digging his physique, but then we all love CM Punk, so yeah, let's
0: uh, let's chill out do
1: not believe that they're living in the age of Orton.
0: only 12 the poll, ladies this would turn into cyber sunday soon huh don't spoil it i don't know when that is i love jim ross trying to tell us how to vote though he you can tell
1: he thought the cell phone thing would never catch on
0: ladies i'm finding it the promo's about to play you gotta hear this Elias song Isn't it like, ah, here it is. is." Ladies and gentlemen, I certainly want to thank uh, Kid Rock. Oh, Oh, One of your favorites. Kid Rock. Well, of course, we're going to acknowledge the man. You and I opened this Backlash 2008 discussion thanking Kid Rock and Warren Zevon, So we can't uh, discredit them for that. All right. For the main event tonight. For the WWE title. Oh, a let's watch it again. Damn. When John Cena got eliminated, and the WWE crowd was WWE. so relieved. But I was surprised right. how over Cena was. Even though he was... All right, here it comes, please. Three, three hey. the hey. Not There she
1: goes again.
0: Did you hear that? can hear what you're thinking. Oh, yeah. And I hate Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Just fucking Elias hating cities. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look in my eyes in time, I just want to hear the Elias note again. Right there. There it is. Yeah, what a, a great note. Three men hey! Hey! Ladies and gentlemen. Hey! Sorry, ladies Oh, what a match, ladies And I've never hated an entrance More than Triple H's to this fucking match What a douchebag He's all oiled up and fake tanned And when he gets up on the second rope And he does the bow down thing And he said, oh, he's looking at himself Points at them, points at me Wait, that's Shawn Michaels Points at God Yeah, sorry, wrong guy But yeah, I also fucking hate Triple H And his bow down shit And his second rope shit You like it?
1: I loved it. I love fake tan Triple H because he was next to pale, pasty John Cena. You know, this is the main eventer here. Why is he so pasty? Can we get Triple H winning this title? Oh, wait, we did. He looked great. Uh, Our best friend, Bruce Prichard, tan fat looks better than white fat. And John Cena didn't realize that tan muscle looks better than white muscle. Triple H looked great in this match. His body was incredible. And I loved those undies.
0: Marco! Mero. You got to listen to the new Something to Wrestle. It's about Triple H fucking Stephanie. It's the best, man. Oh, but Valides, this, fuck, this pay-per-view has kept 2008 at the same level it's been since Unforgiven. I'm raving from Matt Hardy to MVP to fucking JBL, John Cena, Edge, Undertaker, I could just name anybody. They're amazing. Even that bizarre Orton Triple H backstage thing where Orton's staring into his pores, of his cheek, or or Triple H was staring into his cheek as Orton was looking off this way. I like it. I like the RKOs a little more. And I'm I watched this week's Smackdown today, ladies. Randy Orton's too fat. And no, he's not fat. Really? He's not fat. But when you watch two thousand and eight, Orton he is. I need a a slithering, lean skinny Randy Orton like we have here. And he does not leave with the title. Like you said, it ended with him and Triple H as the final two. And Triple H would hit the pedigree after a pedigree attempt, reversed into an RKO attempt, reversed into a pedigree attempt, reversed into an RKO attempt, reversed into a pedigree. What a finish. I'm sure Triple H's genius mind came up with that one. That was better than the Montreal Screwjob finish. Uh, So Triple H wins, ladies, and I was pretty upset. I don't like him. I'm not a fan. I
1: that You don't like Triple H, but I, I don't know. For some reason watching this, I thought we, he made the most sense. I mean, of course, it was him and Orton. But, yeah, I don't remember him winning. I can't say I didn't like it, though. I thought the match was great. I thought the story they told was incredible. And – this match, I know we said match of the night, but I still look at the Shawn Michaels, Batista, as even that match needed the belt. We needed well, to have somebody beat up Orton <laughs> before his match, and then Batista and Shawn get get the match, or yeah, they get the title in their match. Ladies, that was please.
0: You you obviously missed Triple H's sleazy Joey Ryan stretches during the other open entrances of this match. That's what made this match of the night. I do think this Fatal Flareway was match of the night. I loved how... They, they were able to separate guys into a uh, legible story. Meaning, when you have these four ways and triple threats, it's about getting one or two guys over there so these two can fight. And the, whether it starts with the belt pull into the kick that took Orton out. I mean, there was always a... Uh, logical reason for who's fighting who to be fighting who, and I love the moment when JBL's in a submission or Orton's in a submission, and JBL's like, Tap! He's just yelling, not giving, he's the third guy, someone else has him in a submission. John Cena <laughs> has Orton in his finisher submission, and JBL won't save him, he's just yelling, Tap! Then what happens? Triple H gets JBL in a crossface, Orton yells, Tap at JBL. Loved all these little moments, great performances by everybody, and it's just star studded. Triple is side, these are Hall of Famers. These are all, I would take any of these other three guys as COO over Triple H. Imagine John Bradshaw Layfield on Fox News representing his company, WWE. That's how it should be. Instead, Triple H won this match, and it's still match of the night. What an event, what a match, Fleeties. Yeah, I enjoyed the entire event.
1: I think, uh, yeah, Edge and Undertaker, I love the ending of that. I like the ending of this. I know that you're sour on Triple H winning another belt, but... I don't know. The match was so good that it was like, all right, you know, I, I liked where what they
0: went. What about the with age of match. Orton, Validi? Shouldn't Triple H, because he's older, shouldn't he legally have to lose? Why does Triple H have to beat everyone? And it, it, it's only CM Punk in 2011 uh, that I'm really upset about. We all remember Night of Champions. <laughs> Every time I see Triple H pedigree someone, I see CM Punk getting pedigreed at Night of Champions 2011. And I don't fucking get it. It's like the night Donald Trump became president, Validi, I was woke. I woke up, realized it's all kayfabe except the Republican Party. Now, when I ever since Triple H beat CM Punk, I woke up, realized Triple H is a fucking barrier. Everyone was right, everything they said about him. And here's another Triple H win. Lucky Duck.
1: Yeah. He has a lot of squash matches. He beats a lot of guys. But I definitely... <laughs> ate, uh, Why are you happy I- about it? Why
0: did you say it like
1: that? It was a good match because it was a good match. It made sense. And... Uh, yeah. If, if I could be Bruce no. Prichard, I mean, Raw's baby face territory. So it's not no, okay it was...
0: for Triple H to ever win, is what I'm trying to tell you. When no, tr- Triple H deserves <laughs> to win. All right, he
1: puts, he works out. Okay, so everyone who feels bad about CM Punk. Fucking Triple H has been in this company for 25 years. Mr. Punk gets upset because he's tagging with Kofi Kingston. So let's
0: have him settle down a little bit. Ladies, Colt Cabana should have beat CM Punk at Night of Champions. Fucking company. So Scotty Goldman should have pedigreed CM Punk. And what a great name.
1: I know that I was listening to something where they said, what a bad name for him. What a Colt Cabana. Come on. That's a silly name, too. They're all the same. Scotty Goldman, Colt Cabana. Let him do a boom,
0: boom, boom, Scotty Goldman. Could have got over. You definitely stole my opinion there, where you took the words right out of my mouth. But, Vladis, that was Backlash 2008. We'll be back next week. What's the next event? 2008? The next one's
1: Judgment Day 08, and I think Kane's on the cover, so I'm hoping it's
0: somehow Kane-related. Oh, I can't wait, Valides, because he's been close to that top five of all time. After he beat Stone Cold at King of the Ring 98, he was almost in. God, that was the best year of my life. Ladies, let's do 98 after. But in the meanwhile, ladies, we're not done. Well, we just talked about Backlash 08. We still have to talk about Evolution. We have to pick Crown Jewel. I got to talk oh, to you about fucking... <laughs> about Bobby Rush, whatever that guy's name is. There's so much shit to discuss. So we're going to take an intermission. We're going to talk about KevinScampoli.com, play a song, but we're not leaving because... There's modern wrestling still happening. Well, we love 2008, we still must endure 2018. And on a week where AJ faces D-Bry on SmackDown? Fuck, we better hurry up. kevinscampoli.com is the website. That's where you can also support. It has thousands of hours of content, Vleetys. Most of it even free. Did you know that TWFS episode 50 through like 230 is free? You know what I did know that and I, you know what I
1: don't know is why people aren't taking advantage of that. I think everybody needs to go listen to the whole fucking show. Getting we we warmed up. We were getting it figured out. 50 through 200 something. That's a lot of episodes for free. Get on iTunes and download this show. We really yes. enjoy the support. And
0: uh yeah, I love iTunes Vleeties, It's on iTunes, search the whole app show. It's even on YouTube. There's a YouTube channel called the KSP channel that has our podcast archive on there. So ultimately, when you ask me who Max Murder is, don't get confused when I react like I do cuz it's free. It's up there to listen to. But if you want to support Vleeties, $5 a month as this HD multi-cam video. It also has the modern archive, which is the last year plus of going 3 times a week. All that's locked away. On the locker room. Oh, Vleeties, I'm live with you twice a week. I haven't done third hour in a while. I haven't done fucking war in a while. Because I just look forward to talking to the man himself. I am the man himself. I am Ryan Van Vliet. Vleeties, make
1: sure you're staying with us for uh, the doubleheader tonight. We're going to talk about current wrestling evolution. What actually was a pretty decent event. Because until the day that we die. We are. We are.
0: We are. The whole effing show. All right.
1: Not the
0: moon, not the star, but the sun. Oh, shine and dawn. holy, 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 holy. What in the
1: world son. are you thinking of? I got a Sticking little kids. smokies in your butt. son. Why on earth is Max's hair blue? I have ten-year-old son Yeah, blue. <laughs> I don't believe he's here, son. Jackass Kevin's gonna fuck you. Gonna put hot sauce in his face. Oh, please, it's in my fucking head! Now, how the fuck's he gonna top that? It's in my head! He better grab some mace. Oh, my God, I'm so jealous. How in the world are you gonna see? <laughs> Send out a tweet. Oh no, oh no, no, no Who in the hell do you think you are? Some kind of star. This is what he does. Well right you are We all shine on He's not the moon, not the star, but the sun
0: We all shine on Scamp, holy poly. This is the face the public wants. An ex-art student from Brixton, whose dad worked for Dr. Bernardo's homes, has turned himself into a bizarre, self-constructed freak. Impromptu, isn't it? Music makes you feel something. Well, I'm up on the 11th floor, and I'm watching the cruises below. You know, my heart's in the basement, my weekend's at an all-time low. Well, he's down on the street, and he's trying hard to pull the sister flow. As she's hoping to score, well, I can't see her letting him go. God of the heart, God of the mind. Oh, no no, she's so in her side and
1: People aren't built tough anymore. They aren't built to grind. They're built weak, soft. They're used to second place trophies. I'll tell you a story, Booker. I I fought in a tournament and I took fourth place. On the way home from that tournament, I had a trophy in my hand and my dad said, hey, let me see that trophy. And he threw it out the window while we were on the highway home. I don't accept fourth place, third place, second place. I was built to be tough, I was built to last, and I was built to get things done by any means necessary.
0: Who's also grew up watching John Cena, as you can tell from how thickly muscle
1: he is.